All right. Welcome, everybody, and everyone that's jumping on Facebook Live, and those who will listen to the YouTube and the audio presentations. We appreciate your likes and your comments. And this is going to be tonight, Effortless Living Number Four. Now, I've given it kind of a questionable subtitle. I've subtitled, Who is Still Waiting and Groaning for the Manifestation of the Sons of God? And I got a real upload on that this week. One little word jumped out at me, and we'll get to it eventually here. But one little word jumped out at me from the pages of the book within. I wasn't reading the scriptures. I wasn't even meditating. But just like that, then I got an upload on something that I have never seen before, something that I've never ministered before, something that I've never heard anyone minister before, and so if you want to go to your Bibles, to Romans chapter 8, it's going to take us several sessions. This is our second session on Romans 8, but it's effortless living number 4. And we ended last Sunday with verse 12. And then, if you recall, I gave you my paraphrase. Now, why am I giving you my paraphrase? Because it kind of, you know, irons out the wrinkles a little bit. You know, a verse that might be a little bit, you know, Elizabethan English or... Maybe words are not in the proper place, and there are some words that are not in their proper places in the King James Version. And there are some translations that if you read them on the surface level, it's nothing but confusion. So I'm giving my paraphrase in the way that I see it, and uh, I think that will help us to come to some understanding, of, especially Romans chapter 8. Theologians call Romans chapter 8 the greatest chapter in the Bible. Imagine that. Now, I don't look at it as the greatest chapter. It's one of my favorites, but I don't look at it as the greatest chapter. You know why? I believe every chapter is the greatest chapter. Yes. Yes. I believe they're all great, and I love them all, especially once I begin to see that every verse, every story has an allegory to tell. And what is an allegory? It's moving beyond just the history story, and it's seeing how that it applies to us. Now, in this series on effortless living, I shared with you last week how I despise an imitation or something that mimics something else. Yes. So in effortless living, to live the spiritual life, if it's not coming from the flow, and if it's not effortless, it's not Christ. Amen. It's not Christ. Think, for example, of the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. Love, joy, peace, and so forth. Only one fruit, the fruit of love. And then it has all the other manifestations of the one fruit of love. But think about trying to manufacture love toward a person. You can't do it. It's not genuine. You know what you're doing? You're, you're just simply uh, kind of condoning or you're merely tolerating them. Right. But once we tap into the flow, when you tap into the flow, it's effortless living from then on out. You know, a tree doesn't wipe its brow, an apple tree to produce apples or bear apples. Actually, it doesn't produce apples. The, the sap produces the apples. But the, the branches bear the fruit. But you don't see one branch, you know, wiping its brow, oh, I've got a manufacturer, I've got to bear fruit today. As in the natural, so in the spiritual, folks. If it's not coming from the flow, it's not genuinely Christ. So that tells me that I've got to excel in a little 
flow from time to time. But wouldn't you want to live from the flow 24 7? 100% of the time? And I believe there's a people that are headed in that direction. If we can hide this word in our heart. And listen, sit with it. I'm not here just to minister a bunch of intellect for you to just have a head knowledge. Right. When you sit with it, it makes that drop, 18-inch drop, as some people say, (laughs) into the womb of the heart awareness. And it's interesting. Eight plus one is what? Nine? Nine is the number of consciousness. So let me go back. If you're in Romans chapter 8 on your devices or your phones or whatever you use, I want to pick up at verse 12. We read this last week, and I gave my paraphrase, but I want to... Put 12 and 13 together and read them together. Romans 8, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, in other words, based on the first 11 verses, therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh. Mm, That's so good. You don't owe your flesh anything. You owe no debt to your flesh, your external, your intellect, your reason, your logic, your five senses, your emotions. The debt's been paid, folks. Yep. And as a result, Jesus exposed the lie of the flesh realm and in his resurrection revealed the truth of who we have always been and how we came here upright and we are the one life personified. Yes. So let me start again. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. Verse 13, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Abide in death. But if he, through the Spirit, do mortify, and we're going to talk about that word mortify. It's not crucifying and killing your emotions and intellect and reason and five senses. It's not that. It's just not feeding it, right? If you, through the Spirit, do mortify, don't feed the left side, the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, verse 12, once again, as I said last Sunday, infers that we do not owe the external realm or the left side anything except to yield it. And remember I gave you the number for the word flesh here. It's number 4561. And it is a symbol of the external. Flesh here is a symbol of the external. What's the external? The intellect, the reason, the five senses, the emotions, and the logic. Or we could even throw the ego in there. So in other words, we do not owe the external, that which people call human and corruptible, we don't owe that left side, that flesh, that external realm, one single solitary thing. God gave us the left side. We're not trying to mortify as in crucify or kill it, but simply to yield it unto our Christ's mind. And you see, you and I tonight, are free to live from the eternal, from the infinite, from the immortal, from the heavens, from the spiritual realm, because of who he made us to be. Right. We're not humans. We're not hewed down men. We came here upright as righteous and holy and one in him, and we've never been separate. So in other words, what it's saying here in verse 12 and 13 is we do not have any debt that we owe to our flesh or the external realm because Jesus already paid the debt and revealed to us the no thing that the external is. The flesh, when it's operating in and of itself, is a no thing. Has no power whatsoever. Then verse 13 shows us why. 
that we do not owe the flesh or the external anything because it is death when it's operating, when we're allowing it to operate in and of itself, it is death. So the word mortify would mean, again, not to kill, not to crucify. you got to have intellect, you got to have reason, got to have emotions, got to have five senses. But mortify simply means you don't feed into it. Mm-hmm. I heard that word go forth tonight already in our time of worship mm-hmm. and prayer. We don't owe the flesh anything. The only thing we owe our left side is to realize it has a role, just as the woman, as Paul said, the wife must yield to the husband. That's not talking about a natural marriage. That's talking about the role that our feminine principle has is to yield it to the masculine principle. So you see, we don't feed it when we yield it. When we yield it, we're not giving it any attention. Right. We're not feeding it. We're not trying to get rid of it. Because, listen, spirit must flow through intellect, then it becomes spiritual intellect. Spirit must flow through reason, then it becomes, as it says in Isaiah, come, let's reason together. Spirit must flow through the logic. And you know, another meaning of logic is common sense. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have we said, I remember years ago, my sister-in-law came to me, and we were talking about counseling or something, because she knew I did some counseling back in those days. She said, well, all it is is common sense. Uh, honey, it's a little bit more than common sense. <laughs> a little bit more than common sense. You know, something that worked for me that I deemed as common sense doesn't always work. And it needs to be yielded to the Spirit of the Lord and to That's the right. Christ mind. And listen, that's when you begin to tap into real living, when we can learn to yield Absolutely. the left side. Not do away, but yield it right. unto our Christ mind. Now, my paraphrase then in verses 12 and 13 is this. Considering all that we have stated so far, our conclusion is that we are to be led from within rather than from without, and that we must yield the external to the internal. Verse 13, don't you know that if you live after the flesh or the external, which is already death in and of itself, you will be abiding in death rather than abiding in life. But if you live from the inside and not feed the outside, you shall live and not die and walk in Zoe life. And Zoe life is the highest kind of life that there is, It's the life that we have been begotten of, Zoe, life, and that more abundantly. Now look at verse 14 of Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, and where's that? Within. They are the sons of God. Now listen to this. The word sons here in the Greek is weos or huios or however that is pronounced, which means a matured son. So matured sons and daughters, matured sons and daughters live from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Now my paraphrase of verse 14 is, a matured one yields intellect, reason, logic, emotions, and senses and lives by his or her Christ mind. His or her focus is not on how he can figure things out on his own, but spirit is his Focus on her focus. Now, what I see in Romans 
chapter 6, which we already taught. And I also see it, if you can see it, repeated in Romans chapter 8 is simply knowing there's something we have to know. I see reckoning. There's something that we have to reckon is going to work of what we know. And then there is yielding. And listen, the more we, you know, practice makes perfect, they say. The more we practice this, and I don't even want to call it a practice, the more we live this as a lifestyle, the more we're going to experience this effortless living. We're going to experience the inheritance of immortality. We're going to experience all that we have been blessed with in the heavens, all that pertains to life, natural life, and godliness, spiritual life. We're going to experience all of that, and it's going to be effortlessly within our lives. And that's where we're headed, folks. Amen. Verse 15, Romans 8, For ye have not received... I haven't got to the good part yet. (laughs) For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear... But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, fear, which we have not received, is from what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where no fear is from the tree of life. Now, notice where it says here, ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now listen, you were never an orphan. So why would you have to be adopted? So you know what adoption here is? According to the Jewish law and the Roman economy? It was when a son was of a certain age and showed that maturity. The business, the family business was turned over to the son and he could hire or fire or do whatever he wanted to do in that business. It was called bat mitzvah. And so what is this talking about? Ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You have come to the place where you are helios or matured sons now simply because you're doing one thing, taking the left side and yielding it to the right side. Yes. So you see, folks, as we learn to turn within, that is what constitutes a helios, a real son or a matured son. Now, what is going to happen with us is the more that the faithfulness of the Father, of Christ, works through us. And I think of Matthew 25, 23. If you have been faithful over a few things, I'm going to make you ruler over many. In other words, your territory, let me say it this way. You would not give an eight-year-old child a fully loaded gun and tell him to go out in the woods and go hunting by himself. And people have a hard time with this many times. There are different levels of maturity. And I believe this level of maturity that we are talking about is simply when we learn to live by the internal instead of by the external. Then we come to this spirit of adoption or spirit of placing where when we've been faithful, we then begin to take on responsibility in other areas. In greater areas of our life. Now, my paraphrase of verse 15 is this It is not our nature to fear. So let's live by nature naturally. That's what the word nature means. Remember the first scripture we read in Corinthians? First the natural, then the spiritual? What is that talking about? There was a time we walked naturally. 
critiquing us and maybe criticizing us and so forth. So it's not nature or natural to fear. It's not our nature to fear. So let's live by our nature naturally. For we've been faithful over a few things. What are the few things? Just the yielding. That's being faithful over a few things. And then we will be given more territory of opportunity to exercise our Son of God faithfulness. Absolutely will. Mm -hmm. yes. Verse 16, Romans 8. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, since God's Spirit and our spirit are one and the same, that's why things are Holy Spirit quickens, conceives, and quickens things to us to bring us to the point to where it's not just a head knowledge, but we now intimately know that we know that we know. And notice it states there that we are. We don't merely have his life. We are his life because there's only one life. Mm -hmm. Now, my paraphrase of verse 16 is, why wouldn't our spirit bear witness to God's spirit with whom we are one with and as for we are the sons of God and have always been. Yeah. Difference between you have and you are. And we're going to see that a little bit more as we go on. Look at verse 17 now of Romans 8. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, I want to talk about a few things here, because I've known people who have taken this suffering thing, and they, you know, it's completely out of whack yes. in the way they believe this. We need to understand that his suffering was our suffering, and it is a suffering, folks, when you're tempted by your intellect yep. to yield it. When Jesus was tempted, went through his temptation, that was a suffering at that point. Now, notice three things here in verse 17. You have children, number one. You have heirs of God, number two. And number three, you have joint heirs with Christ, which infers our oneness. Okay? Mm -hmm. And since his suffering, folks, was our suffering, we were then also, as it says at the end of verse 17, glorified with him. So I'm here to tell you tonight that since his suffering was our suffering, his glorification was also our glorification, meaning there's nothing to attain, there's nothing to maintain, there's nothing to gain. How do you add something to allness and yes. he is all in all in all of us as yes. all? Yes. How can you add to that? Oh, well, maybe if I have enough suffering in my life. Listen, <laughs> I tell you what I do. I hear a song come on the radio, which I don't listen to the radio too much, but if I have it on in my car and it's singing about suffering, turn it off. Yes. If I hear someone on Facebook or something talking maybe on a video or, uh, you know, uh, saying we all got to suffer, the more we suffer, the more we grow, I think you can learn things in suffering. Don't misunderstand. I'm not stupid. Don't take a lot of science to know that you can learn some things through suffering. But I'm simply saying our Father is not the author of causing us to suffer. Right. Yes. To see how far he can push us. Yes. Someone says, well, he allows it. Well, then if he allows it, he causes it. Now, I don't want to get into that because I could really get on a soapbox over that. But I just want to say his suffering was our suffering. And the suffering that we go through, I'm going to give you another scripture on that, the suffering that we go through, it's 
going to have to take your intellect and your reason and your yeah. ego and Amen. your logic yeah. and your senses and your emotions yes. and lay yes. them yes. at the yes. foot of the cross line within right. you. Yes. That's a suffering. You don't want to let it go. That's a suffering. That's agony. That's agony, absolutely. Now, my paraphrase then in verse 17. And we know that we are experiencing what is ours, an incredible inheritance. Our suffering with him is over. And now we are experiencing glorification. The more we are aware and know our eternal truth. Yes. Amen. Uh, Amen. Here it is, Myla. Verse 18. Verse 18 of Romans 8. For I reckon. Now we just... Have the word reckon. For yes. I reckon that the sufferings, now listen to this, of this yes. present time. What are the sufferings of this present time? Not car wrecks and broken legs no. and God giving you cancer. Right. That's not the suffering he's talking about. The present, the sufferings of this present time, now listen to this very carefully, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Ooh. Now, let me say all of us experience sufferings. I mean, in many, many different areas. But I just want us to know that isn't God putting those sufferings before us. Okay? So we do experience sufferings. We do experience temptations. But I believe the suffering that he's talking about here are those temptations of the intellect, again, the reason, the ego, the logic, the five senses, and the emotions. That's the sufferings. Now, here's the way James said it. James says, God tempts no man, neither is he tempted. But we are tempted when we're drawn away by our own lust. Now, lust is not a bad word. Jesus was tempted. I think it's in Luke chapter 4 and several different areas there. And when you read that, when it uses the word him or his, it's a reflexive pronoun. Meaning that Jesus was tempted because he was drawn away of his own lust. Yes. He was tempted to turn the stones into bread. He was tempted to do this, that, or the other out of intellect or reason. So Jesus experienced the same thing that we experience where our intellect, reason, logic, ego, senses, emotions are concerned. He, he definitely. Now, here's what I want us to see. Look what it says here. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory. Now listen, as we yield the faculties of our left side to our Christ mind, listen, what is glory? The view and opinion of us or the view and opinion of the Father. So now listen, our sufferings, listen carefully, our sufferings being our intellect tempting us or reason or those faculties of the left side, that's, that's a glory. That is a glory of our own opinion. Because in our mind we think, bless God, we're right. Mm-hmm. And we think there's some glory in that. But now listen, that cannot be. That's why I say it's the faculties, the sufferings, it's the faculties of the left side that try to tempt us cannot be compared, that glory cannot be compared to the view and opinion of the Father. That's what this is saying here. The glory is the view. So in other words, our opinions cannot compare, even though we think they're glorious (laughs) at the time, they cannot be compared to the glory of a 
talks about the light affliction is but for a minute. It says moment there. But your light affliction is but for a moment. What is the light affliction that we experience on a daily basis that I call a suffering? Healing. It's when the intellect and reason and all that left-sided faculties try to raise up and lead us and govern us and try to make us think, well, bless God, you know, I've got the answer for this or that or the other. And what does it say there in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18? It says that that light affliction, which is that suffering that the faculties on the left side, will last but for a moment while... While you focus not on the visible, the intellect, the reason, the logic, the emotions, the five senses, while you focus on the unseen, the invisible, the Christ mind. Amen. Now that's good news. Yes. 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 Listen, the fact that it's on the left side when they try to raise up and be led in and of themselves, or lead us in of themselves, let me tell you. We are coming to the place to where we know it like that. Yeah. We know it in an instant. Yes. We're becoming very keen to that. Very keen. Yes. Very keen to that. And that's what it's saying there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18. Don't focus on the external, those left-sided families. Focus on the internal, the unseen, the invisible realm. And then that affliction will only last a minute. <laughs> only a minute, folks. Yes. Only a minute. Where are we at? Verse 19. Okay, we're getting ready to get to the good part now. Verse 19. King James. I know, it's all good. For the earnest expectation. Listen up, folks. Okay. Listen up. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, what did I tell you the title of this message is the subtitle? Who is still waiting and groaning and hoping for the manifestation of the sons of God? So let me read verse 19 again. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. So in other words, the whole creation is waiting for something that's already here. They just don't know it. That's it. Because there's a people that are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ. We are the manifestation of Christ. They are too. They just don't know. But we are the manifestation of Christ objectively. And everything we think we need, we are. Christ is all and all y'all as y'all. Now let me ask you this question. How in the big round world do you wait for now? (laughs) How do you wait for now? And you see, we're not going to experience this subjectively. If we don't know that it's already who we be. Right. As it says, 2 Corinthians 3, 3, we are manifestly declared to be, that's your state of being, the epistles of Christ written upon our heart and mind. Yes. Now, let me give you my paraphrase of 19. Then we're going to get on into something even better. My paraphrase of verse 19 is, so, so many people are waiting yep. on a manifestation in the people all the while looking at the wrong place, not realizing it's already here. Yeah. Amen. Now, why are they looking in the wrong place? Well, verse 20 tells us. Verse 20 tells us. Look at verse 20. For the creature so good. was made subject to vanity, Uh-oh. vain imaginations. Remember Ecclesiastes 7.29, 
You were brought here upright, but you came up with a bunch of inventions. Yes. Okay? So for the creature was made subject to vanity, to vain imaginations. How were we made subject to vain imaginations? Through religiosity. Right. Okay? Not willingly. Not because we wanted to have a mistaken identity. Well, now listen. But by reason of him. Now listen. Him who? Him is a reflexive pronoun. Him you. Him you. But by reason of him, or you and I, who have subjected the same in hope. So what is that talking about? The last part. Who have subjected the same in hope. We embraced it hoping that someday we'd be delivered. That's what that's saying there. God, listen, God never subjected us to what Adam did. He sure did. What kind of a God would that be? Right. To yeah. say, I'm going to allow you futility yep. and a fall and to have your identity change from pure spirit to being in Adam. How much love would that be for the Father to allow what someone else did erroneously to affect us? And if we were in Christ from before the foundation, that has nothing to do with what Adam chose to do. Adam chose to do what he did. So we didn't come here as a sinner. Let me read this again. For the creature was made subject to vain imaginations. Not willingly. We were subjected to religion. Yes. Not because we wanted to be subjected to religion. But by reason of him, you, reflexive pronoun, you, who have subjected the same in hope. In other words, when we embrace religiosity, we hope that there would be some deliverance for us somewhere down the pike. It's coming. That's what that's talking about there. That's what I thought. That's all what that's talking about there. So here's my paraphrase, verse 20. All men were caused to believe religious lies and man-made <coughs> traditions. We would have never chosen that. But we fell for it in our awareness, yet there was the hope in Jesus Christ that was to come. Oh, it's going to get better. Verse 21 says, Romans 8, because the creature or creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Now, there are a people, how many believe that there are a people who are what I've called for years a first fruit company? Yes, absolutely. Yes. That experience this first, yes. okay? In order to share with others who are desiring to be delivered from their corruption that's between their ears. Those who want to be delivered into the glorious yes. liberty of the sons of God, there's a first fruit company Absolutely. Yes. that experienced this manifestation of the sons of God first, yep. and then as they come, whether it's on a one-to-one, -one, or whether they come to our building, yes. or service, however, and I think the greatest ministry is not behind a pulpit. Right. just... I won't charge you an extra for that time. <laughs> I think the greatest ministry is what, like Candy, what you had this morning with yes. your friend. Yeah, absolutely. That's the greatest ministry. One to one yeah, is yeah, much right. greater than a pulpit. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how many thousands of people. This week we had 3,000 between 
you know, what we made last Sunday and then what I made this week. We had 3,000 people. Well, hope you do. That's great. I mean, that's great. I like that. But you know what? The greater ministry is not from behind the pulpit. Right. Now, I don't know how I got on that. But anyway, my paraphrase in verse 21 is this. Because of our hope in Christ Jesus, since we embrace the lies and have now been delivered ourselves, we have the goods. We have the goods. Or the corruption between the ears of others. Yes. And can release them into the glorious liberty that is already within them. They just simply don't know it. Exactly. That's what we have to do. Release what is already in people. Not yes. bring them something. Not bring them into nature. Yes. identity. Yes. Just minister the truth that will get yes. rid of the garbage between That's the ears. It. Yes. That's it. Amen. Now, verse 22, Romans 8. For we know that the whole creation yeah. groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Now, let me stop with that word pain because it's sardini in the Greek and it means to be in pain as a woman is in pain in labor to give birth to a child. And how many know once she gives birth to the child, she forgets about the pain? Yep. Right? So she's got that prized possession there. So this says, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together. Why? Because of a people's sense of lack. Because they're not living in the awareness of now. They're not living in the awareness of as, as he is so weak. They're not living in the realm of isness, as he is right now. So are we. Right. And when we live out of now, listen, we no longer groan. That's it. Listen, what is there to groan about <laughs> when we know we have all? Now, sometimes we still groan, yeah. but we don't have to groan if we realize that we are spirit slowed down to visibility. Because listen, we are not waiting for the redemption of the body. You know, it says to wit to know the redemption of the body. To wit is not really there. But if you want to keep it there, it means to know the redemption of the body. We're a people that know the redemption of the body. Yes. Meaning what? We know that we're immortal. We're not mortal. We're not merely material. We're not matter. We are spirit slowed down to visibility. That's our true identity in our physical body. Spirit through and through us, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says in the classic Amplified, we are sanctified, in other words, deified, spiritified, through and through, and then it says where our spirit and soul and body. So when we know that, we're not looking for redemption of the body. We know it. Yes. Amen. We know we amen. have it. Yes. Now let me take it a little further. We know we be it. Yes. We are it. So my paraphrase in verse 22 is, once people live out of the heart awareness of now, the groaning will cease and they'll rejoice in what is true of them in the eternal isness, asness, and nowness. Yes. Yes. So now, good. listen up. I want to make a, a real, this is the revelation then that was uploaded to me this week. I wasn't even reading the scriptures. I didn't even know that I was meditating on the scriptures. <laughs> But all of a sudden, I remembered a word that is in verse 23, and it changed the whole picture for me. Listen to it. Verse 23 of Romans 8. And not only they, 
also, now listen, hope you can hear this, I know you can, but we ourselves also, that's not us, but we ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, this isn't talking to us, this isn't talking to a people that know their spirit slowed down to visibility, okay? Even we ourselves, but not us, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body, to know the redemption of the body. Now, we know that we have in the tabernacle, the outer court, holy place, holy of holies. Everyone is most holy. Yes. That's where they started. Some are still in the outer court, subjective experience. Right. Some, now listen, some are in holy place, subjective experience, the gifts and that sort of thing. I'm not throwing that out, I'm just saying that's where they're at. But then there are those that are experiencing, and that's us, most holy place, dimension, or realm. So when it says, not only they, let me read it again, as in the whole creation, but we ourselves have holy place dimension beliefs, they only have the first fruits of the Spirit. Most holy place people know they are the first fruits of the Spirit. So that's the we that are groaning here. Not only they, not only whole creation, but we ourselves who have holy place just believes they have the first fruits of the Spirit. You hear? Yes. Did you hear? Absolutely. So this, we ourselves are groaning. No, we ain't groaning, folks. No, because we know we're spirits slowed yeah. down. We know that we have redemption of the body. We know we're not just mortal material or matter, but we're spirits slowed down to visibility. So when it says, and not only they, as in the whole creation, but we ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting. Why are you waiting for something you already be? <laughs> oh, man. Now, how many know there's a people out of a people out of a people? I was prophesied to many years ago. You're going to teach teachers to teach teachers to teach teachers to teach the kingdom. Yes. See, there's people today that are beginning to experience yes. subjectively most holy place. Yes. Yep. So those who are beginning to experience most holy place subjectively are not included, but we ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. And notice it states that in verse 22 or 23 that those who are still waiting and groaning, again, just have the first fruits. But there's a people that are the first fruit company yes. who are going to be used to deliver people into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. That's you and I. If we can Come on!
So good. And there's no way if there's a willing heart yes. that our spirit within will cause us yes, Lord. to stumble, to fall, to not make it to the subjective experience of who we are, yes. which is most holy. Yes. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you for this people and those that are watching today. Yes. We honor you. Yes. Amen.